I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what up, Rush Nation? Stocks and Murph, we're back in the hallowed walls of the studio. And winter's coming because there is a little nip in the air here. Man, if you do fancy heading over to Patreon and donating a little bit to our cause, you'll help us insulate the studio and make it mean that we make it to the end of the the fantasy season and we all know that's what you want because we did 365 last year into this year we're not going to stop next year so support the cause head over to rush nation you know fiveyardrush.co.uk there's a little button click it there send some love or just head over there look at the rankings waivers i stream to stream lockdown corner rookie watch have i missed anything murph start sits start sits apologies i wrote an obituary to jay gruden you did i loved it it was a good <laughs> good read a good read how does it feel to be back in the studio once again, man? It's good. It's great to be back in the studio. Um, we had a terrible fantasy week. Uh, we won 11 of our 25. <laughs> so it was about as bad as it was week one for us. Um, we got off the schneid. Like we had about three, we had four remaining 0 and 5 teams and three of them won. <laughs> yes. Come on. <laughs> And the only team, the only team that we have that's 0-5 is the team that we're tanking in, which, by the way, this is hilarious. So I think I sent you the picture, but you haven't responded yet. <laughs> There's a guy, so we're in like a Twitter experts league, and basically... I responded. Oh, you did, I missed it. My apologies. That's on me. 
And basically the guy... So we traded Miles Sanders for a first round pick. This guy is now 0-5. So we are also 0-5. And the next team above us is like two wins. So we now own, the for next year's rookie draft, the 101 and the 102. <laughs> and the guy says, I didn't realise when I traded you the first round pick for Miles Sanders how valuable that pick now is so i want it back um he now he so we both have three first round picks each (laughs) he has three and we have three so he offered a first and a second i was like nah not for the 101 slash 102 nah not gonna do it he's like what would it take and i haven't answered and it's been five hours (laughs) so so my reply was that's not terrible value if we get another first round pick and a second, it just depends on where that first round pick's going to be. So you, you're saying you want two firsts and a second? Well, yeah. Well, no, because, yeah, I am. But we'll have two seconds. But I think we send Well, yeah, him... but I mean, we've already got a second, so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're but saying. I think, I think we go back to him and say, we'll give you whichever one of our first round picks is later at the end of the season. And if he's not willing to wait to the end of the season, then. No, you're talking about the 101, the 102. He he has got his three picks are like at the middle, the back end of the first round. Okay, actually no, that's not. I've I've just drafted into getting a load of first round picks. Let's stash. But we have this the is a Twitter o- expert league. This yeah, guy didn't realize. Well, he didn't realize at the time he was trading the effectively 101, 102. Yeah, but that's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's basically he's acquired Sanders, and then it's not really worked for him. So now. We have this power of having the 101-102. So, I I think if we got two firsts and a second, I'd probably do it. Because we're void of... Like, it's that you're stockpiling talent. But I'm not prepared to do it for a first and a second. Well, if you're going to do it for two firsts and a second, I'm all on board, bro. I don't think he's going to take it, but we'll see. But why is it thrown off there? Uh, I'll find out afterwards. But we've got... Um, but slightly off, off target, off tangent, or off piste, or whatever you want to call it. That happens all the time, man. Happens yeah, all the time. It does a little bit, but that's okay. So, Rush Nation, today is going to be a little bit of a shorter show as we have a guest podcast on Thursday, and it is an absolute banger. It ran a little bit over, which you know is not a problem, but it means today's show is just going to be cut a little bit short. We're not going to do the news. We're going to slam through our waivers wire picks. Murph's going to hit the streets. Yeah. And we'll see where we are time-wise. How's that sound, big man? Sounds perfect. I don't even know what happened just then. I was going to say quality and nothing came out. Perfect. Okay, waiver wire. Right, Murph, I'll start. Do quarterbacks. I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater. He's 9.5% owned. He's at Jacksonville. And in week five, he went 26 of 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and he had seven yards rushing. Teddy Bridgewater has not shot the lights out coming into this weekend and therefore is not consideration for the waiver wire. However, he sure reminded us of however, he sure reminded the league of what he has to offer, reminiscent of the days at the Vikings where he was pretty good. Pro Bowl callback. So decent then. Yeah. And I I think that what's happened is Teddy Bridgewater has come in and the Saints I think have won games they probably thought they shouldn't have. So when Drew Brees is coming back now, the Saints are going to be massively in contention, whereas I think they were worried that possibly maybe they weren't. 
I don't know. They're paying him the top backup money in the league for a reason, right? So I think they expected to be competitive in these games. I think Teddy Bridgewater's probably just taking a bit of time to get up to speed in the offense, but he looked very good on Sunday. We have a lot of help from the officiating crew in this game. I mean, a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was 15 versus 12 in that game. It was it was abysmal play call. I, I'm not going to get onto referees because it's wound me up all week. Um, <laughs> it wasn't just that game. There was a ton. I I think for me, officiating in the NFL is about as bad as it's ever been, uh, as far as I can remember. And this game in particular was was really bad. Um, just basically offensive pass interference just doesn't exist anymore or fumble recoveries from my punts or anything. The only thing they got right was the ejection. But anyway, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater took his advantages well, uh, 314 yards, 40 Ds. So I think he's going to be a solid play against Jacksonville, who that defense is not looking as solid as it did in the past. So Certainly not. Jalen Ramsey looking like he doesn't really want to play for them. and He's got a quote-unquote back injury, and he's now in Houston seeking a specialist and all of that. So I would expect him to go on Sunday. So, so yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, if your QB is on by or injured, he's not a terrible option this week. No. Um, I've gone for the other quarterback in this game, Gardner Minshew, uh, two, even though there isn't a Gardner Minshew, one. Um, 18.1% owned. Now... Saints defense is pretty good. Very but good. Having said that, he played against Carolina and he put up 374 yards and two touchdowns. Carolina was one of the top uh, pass rushing defenses in the league. So uh, he's proven that he is almost game skip proof. Um, he can do it uh, any which way. He's finding DJ Chark in the end zone. Uh, he's got a safe floor with rushing he needs a bit more protection he gave up the ball three times if he took some hits uh so that's something to, to think about but i think the mustache and the headband are here to stay and uh he's been very impressive so far uh i don't think he's going to have quite the same volume i can't see him throwing the ball 44 times like he did against carolina but i think he, he could throw it anywhere in sort of the mid 30s get a decent completion percentage he'd be looking at maybe around the 280 300 yard mark uh, he doesn't throw any interceptions, so he's uh, quite an accurate quarterback. Uh, if he gets a couple of touchdowns, 300 yards, that's going to put him in the conversation with 30, 40 yards rushing. Should put him in the back end of the QB1 conversation. So for me, Minchie probably has the safer floor. Bridgewater probably now with those weapons has the biggest ceiling. So it depends where you are with your matchup. Um, but I like both options if you're struggling this week. Absolutely. Let's move on to the ball carriers. I'm going to start with Alexander Matteson, Vikings running back, handcuffed to Dalvin Cook. He's only 23% owned. They take on Philadelphia next. In week five, he had seven carries for 52 yards. Matteson is having a great season for a backup running back. In addition to the amount of work he's seen, he's also been extremely efficient with his workload. And as a result, after going seven for 52 on Sunday, Matteson now has 34 carries for 189 yards. That's 5.56 yards per carry for this season. The main appeal, though, for Matteson is that he's the primary handcuff, like I mentioned, on a run-first offense. Dalvin Cook, he's been elite so far this season, but he's always struggled through injuries. This time of the season, running backs, they start to feel the pressure of the week-to-week football when the Vikings' bye week isn't until week 12. So they should give Matteson more of the ball to preserve Dalvin Cook. And, you know, Dalvin Cook, if he does get injured, Matteson could end up as the number one running back if history repeats itself. So grab him now because you might not have the chance to grab him on the waiver wire 
if history does in fact repeat itself because you're going to be have to throw all of your fab at him and there'll be teams with fab left and if you haven't got as much you're not getting him so buy him cheap now yeah definitely I've gone with Vito Smith um not necessarily the greatest week uh, overall from a stat line. Five carries for 19 yards. We did have six receptions for 45 yards. Uh, in PPR leagues, he's become a flex play in his own right. He returned 12.4 points uh, at the weekend. This week, he's got the Cardinals defense, who are pretty poor. Um, a lot of uh, RB2s, Tony Pollard, for example, have taken advantage of playing the Cardinals. So uh, Ito Smith could definitely get a bit more work this week. But it's it's a, he's basically his workload. He's he's getting almost fifty percent of the snaps now, um, so he's proven to be someone who's always going to have standalone value. Who's also then a handcuff if Devonta Freeman gets knocked out of a game with a concussion or gets injured at all, then he's going to pick up even more additional work. So I think he's a flex play for Sunday, who also then has that ability to be a handcuff and and get more work should something happen to Freeman. So uh, I wouldn't say he's like a league winner, but I think he's someone who right now, if you've been picking up, say, Wayne Gorman, you've had um, Kalen Balage, and you've had these running backs that are just struggling to give you any real points. Hilli- uh, Hilliard is another one. Um, and you just sort of like, I haven't got any option to play. In, and like now I've got a bye week. Smith is someone you can bring in who's going to give you a, a relatively moderate score and then he's someone that you can at least keep every week as opposed to just having somebody who is just a guy on your bench absolutely wide receivers kiki cutie now he's only 26.4 percent owned which is under our 30 percent threshold takes on kansas city next in week five he had three receptions for 72 yards you could be mistaken for not seeing cutie's fantasy numbers last week will fuller went fully off had the biggest week of his career and Cootie only had three receptions but they were for 72 yards Nuke Hopkins is apparently struggling fantasy wise he's going to have a massive week and it wouldn't surprise me if it's against Kansas City in a shootout but I think you could flex Cootie the Texans are like I say they take on the Chiefs but then they have the Colts the week after Watson has shown he can be efficient enough to support three wide receivers and like he did last week against me in my home dynasty league, he scored 52 points. So he's got the ability to blow the roof off any defense. And if QT is going to get you three receptions for 72 yards and you're playing him in your second flex or as a wide receiver three in deeper leagues, I think he is pretty good value if you can get him for one or two dollars considering nobody else is probably going to be going after him. Yeah, I think so. I think that, that makes sense. I think he might go for a bit more than that given that He's probably something. He was drafted in a lot of leagues, and people dropped him. So I think he's probably on people's radars. So you might have to go. He's the sort of player I'd. You'd spend five to seven percent of your fab on. Um, I think if you're wanting to pay more than that, I would be cautious because of his injury history. I'd rather than go invest that money in someone else on the up, like an Anthony Miller, who you can buy for like next to nothing if he's free or something like that. Um, I've gone with Deontay Johnson. He's 17.5% owned. Not the best uh, stat line this week. Five receptions for 27 yards, but there's a lot of factors to consider. First of all, Mason Rudolph had probably one of the most horrific hits I've ever seen in the NFL. It was a helmet. It wasn't even a helmet to helmet because it hit him on the back of the neck. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I watched that and I thought he was dead. 
No, and that's that's not like I'm saying this for effect. I genuinely thought he was dead because he went down. He was out upon impact, and it was where it was, and he he literally was out before he hit the ground. It's not like he hit the ground and went out. It's like his soul left his body, and then you've got Juju on the pitch crying. He's literally head in his hands crying, like it looked. It looked like he was dead, or that he was going to be permanently disabled, or something. It was it was that bad, and I know there wasn't. It wasn't meant. It wasn't like a a dirty hit in the sense of it was deliberate, like. It, but it was a bad hit, and you know, I I definitely thought that was quite serious. Anyway, he left the game. He's okay. Um, then James Washington went down the fourth quarter with a shoulder injury. He's probably not going to play this week. So, you know, he's on to a pretty poor quarterback in the sense of it's a, effectively a four-string uh, undrafted free agent rookie called uh, Delvin Hodges, uh, which sounds like a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> <laughs> not the name of a quarterback for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, um, but there's some things that you should know. Deontay Johnson, first of all, in the last couple of weeks, has outsnapped Juju Smith. Uh, he's out-targeted Juju Smith Suster, and he's played on nearly 100% of the snaps in the last two games. But second, if you remember how Mason Rudolph came into the the league when he first got his starts, when Ben Roethlisberger went down, they played a lot of screen passes, a lot of short passes behind the line of scrimmage. I think you're going to get the same out of Johnson. So Johnson might have a stat line next week that's genuinely somewhere in the region of seven to ten receptions. Because he hasn't got the competition with with Washington, it looks like, and he's already getting more targets than Juju. I think he he's the sort of guy that could get you seven to ten receptions for seventy odd yards potentially on the weekend. So if you think from a PPR perspective, he's like anywhere between fifteen and twenty points is a realistic outcome for him without him having to score just on volume. That's tidy. So that's why I quite like Deontay Johnson, especially in PPR. I think in standard, I'd be a little bit cautious because I just don't think he's going to get big yards because he's going to have to break tackles to do that. But I think compared to what is out there from an ownership perspective, but then if you're playing in the standard league, you're probably playing in like a 10 team and therefore there's a bit more talent on there. You might find a Cortland Sutton Sutton out there. You might find a Mikkel Hardman out there. Uh, there's probably quite a few options that you could buy uh, instead. But if you're in a slightly deeper league and uh, a PPR league, um, I really like Deontay Johnson. I think you, you, there's worse players you could pick up than, than him. Absolutely. This next one of Cole Beasley, you've been bigging him up recently. He squeaked under the threshold of 29.9% ownage. Why don't you talk about him? Yeah, so again, he's, he's someone that uh, is getting a lot of targets at the moment. He's on buy this week, so you can get him at your lowest priority more than likely, and you could probably get him for a dollar, maybe two dollars in fab. So he's getting the volume. Uh, Josh Allen is looking pretty reasonable at, at quarterback. Um, you know, in terms of this week, he didn't have the best week. Cole Beasley, three receptions, 21 yards. He's playing the Titans D, which is pretty, pretty good. Uh, he's got easier matches to, to come. Don't forget, he plays in the same division as the Jets and the Dolphins. So things are going to get a lot easier for Cole Beasley. Um, in terms of matchups, so I think when he comes off by, he's got the Dolphins at home, and then the game after that, he has the Eagles, who are giving up a load of points to 
uh, wide receivers. And then after that, he has the Redskins, who are a dumpster fire. And then after that, he has the Browns. So his next three games are pretty tidy. And he should make it rain, especially as he's playing two of the worst teams probably ever to play pro football in the next three weeks. So uh, buy now while he's cheap, because I tell you what, if he's still available on waiver wires in week seven and they see the Miami matchup, he's going to go for a lot more money. Talking of somebody who is crazy cheap and not owned is our joint tight end selection, Gerald Everett. He's only 3.3% owned. Now it gets to this time of the week, you waiver wires and you can be forgiven forgetting that there was a Thursday night game. It, it, by the time you have the excitement of the weekend and then you go to look, you think, oh, Thursday night was a long time ago. Over the last two weeks, Everett has been heavily involved in the Rams' offense. In week four against the Buccaneers, he had five receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. He followed this up with seven receptions for 136 yards. I know, absolutely crazy day. Um, if you listen to Thursday's episode, there is a sneaky fact about Gerald Everett, but I won't ruin what that is. Now, normally the Rams have been splitting their tight end duties, but Everett seems to be forging ahead in terms of snaps, and he's he's on the field, and he's getting a lot more targets. So, as they say in fantasy football, volume is king. Everett is getting it. And how is he only 3.3% owned? I think because Tyler Higby was originally the tight end uh, there, and then he's really only his last two performances. Yeah. He's been targeted 19 times in the last two weeks. Um Mind you, Jared Goff has thrown the ball 117 times in the last two weeks. So that is, that's not sustainable. So it is something that will go down. His target share will go down. Um, so you might not get these seven receptions, 136 yards, but tight end is a dumpster fire. Like how he should be owned more than that. And it wouldn't shock me to find him next week at 50 plus percent owned. Yeah, I suppose if you're definitely chasing, if you're chasing a tight end as well. Or if you just play the game like I do um, and you don't really draft tight ends more often than not um, then you know Gerald Everett's the kind of guy to be honest at this stage though the way I would have played I'd have picked up Darren Waller and Will Disley and all of a sudden I'm laughing for the season so p- probably someone like me probably wouldn't buy too much Gerald Everett only because I've got those two guys who we're pretty happy with so um, the, this is this is why we talk a little bit about this on Thursday's show. It's it just, if you look at the trends this year, if you invested in tight end early, you're losing in, in fantasy football this year because at the moment you've got Kelsey as the tight end three. I think Kittle's around the, the uh, Ertz is around tight end six or seven and I think George Kittle is propping up. He's around tight end nine. Or they're around that, those sorts of figures. So they're not really living up to what you've paid in cost. OJ Howard has been an absolute bust. Um, so if you've been picking up Darren Waller, if you've been picking up Austin Hooper, if you've been picking up um, Will Disley, you know, Will Disley's like a top five, top six tight end in fantasy football. It's just stupid. That's fantasy, baby. Yeah, so, uh, you know, not too no ones, but that's why I don't buy tight ends because I don't ever think you get the opportunity cost back. But we've done that to death. Um, I'm going to talk about kicker. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you talk about DSTs because you've been so hot on them? But the, the, the kicker went to my university. Oh, go on then. You do kicker <laughs> and I'll cover you on DST this week. Uh, so I've gone for Matt Prater, uh, former uh, former UCF Golden Knight. Go Knights. Uh, <laughs> 30% owned, so right on the threshold. 
Uh, won the longest legs in the NFL. He's coming off a bye because kickers get tired, apparently. Someone told me the other day. Um, so, at yeah. the end of the day, uh, you know, he's coming off a bye. So he's well-rested. He's <laughs> had, had his naps and whatever it takes. So, Lambeau is a tough place to go and kick, but I feel they're, they're going to get a lot of opportunities here. Uh, Packers' defense is making a lot of stops. They really are um, restricting teams to field goals. So... I think the Lions, if they're going to remain in this game, they're going to be kicking a lot of them. So I can see Prater getting a lot of 40-yard, 50-yard field goal attempts in this game. I can see him getting multiple, like three, four, five attempts uh, from that sort of distance, which if you're playing in one of those silly leagues that rewards uh, five points for 50-yard field goals, then it's it's also not overly cold, which is a factor when you're kicking the ball. So he could realistically be kicking them from like 52, 53. And it's not too bad if he was kicking them in December, I'd bet against him but in october it's not so bad there you go weather report it's a slight gamble but if you're looking at kickers joey sly and matt gay have been heavily bought in the last two weeks um you know there aren't many great kickers left on the waiver wire so that's kind of a bit of an oxymoron to fantasy football but matt price is the sort of guy that could go out there and get you a 15 point week um and i think any guy like that you can plug and play so if you need a kicker this week Matt Prater is the guy. DSTs. We're going to Seattle Seahawks. They're at Cleveland. They are on the threshold of 30% owned as well. But there was genuine shock when we saw the Seahawks were only 30% owned. This week was a hard one to call. I mean, the Redskins were on the shortlist because they're playing Miami. If you go with that logic, you probably can't go wrong. But the reason we're going to go with the Seahawks is that this defense can make plays. They force turnovers. They get to the quarterback. And the Cleveland Browns offensive line has been lacking this season. So, therefore, we can expect, you know, some potential sacks and turnovers. Regardless of the score, I think the Seahawks cause carnage at Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. I think I think people get into this mindset. They look at games and they think, um, you know, it's all about who's going to be the lowest scoring. And I've seen people talk about the Redskins and the Dolphins because it's going to be an absolute dumpster fire game. I'm looking at when I pick... Uh, defenses I'm looking at people who are going to get sacks turnovers um, that's kind of how I'm judging it because a team could give up 40 points but if they get like eight sacks and two turnovers they're going to far outscore the week uh, especially ones that are going to return the ball for touchdowns which the Seahawks uh, have that ability I think the Cleveland offensive line is poor um, they scored three points last night this prediction you know I put Cleveland in before this. This we wrote up in the article, put it on the site before Cleveland only scored three points against the 49ers. And I don't think the Seahawks are as as good an offensive front as the 49ers because I think they've got five first round picks on there. But I think it's pretty good, and I think they're going to really starve Baker Mayfield. And you're talking on a team with very little confidence at the moment. I'm not saying it's going to be like they're going to thump them, but. Uh, and Cleveland might win the game. It wouldn't be the biggest shock, but I can see the Seahawks definitely getting, if not a pick six, then uh, getting a big scoop and score, a lot of sacks, and, yeah, take down Mayfield. And that helps win you your week. Yeah, absolutely. Right, it's time for Murph on the Streets, sponsored by Big Bear Beards. If you're going to hit the streets like Murph does with a fantastic-looking beard, make sure you are on point by using Big Bear Beards balms and oils head over to facebook.com slash big bear beards use the code five rush for five percent off of your order murph let's hit the streets man yeah so the name of the company is big bear benny's beard balm 
Okay, but it, that's not what it says on the link, so I'm just reading the thing. <laughs> yeah, so Big Bear's Big Bear Benny's Beard Bomb. Big Bear, Big Bear Benny's Beard Bomb. So, yeah, go check them out. Uh, £3 for bombs and then free UK postage. So, definitely go check them out. Um, streets. So, got a few juicy ones this week. Uh, I'll start with this one. I wasn't going to put it in the streets. I was going to mention it. Um, talk about Baker Mayfield. So, Baker Mayfield fantasy points this season, 47.9. Mason Rudolph fantasy points this season. Do you want me to guess? Yeah. 56.3. Less than that. 51.7. So, Mason Rudolph has got more fantasy points than Baker Mayfield, and he's played less games. So, fun. uh, Fun fact. Fun fact for you. Um, Okay. So. um, Well, how many have you got? I've got a few. Oh. Will Fuller scored 53.7 fantasy points uh, in the Houston Texans win over the Atlanta Falcons. So that was the most by a wide receiver since what year? Crikey. Um, can I have a hint? Like, Does it go back before I was alive? No. Okay, cool. 1994? No. Oh. The year 2000, when Terrell Owens scored 54.8 fantasy points in week 16. So he had the highest fantasy scoring performance by a wide receiver in almost 19 years. Well done, Will Fuller. Yeah, crazy. Um, Sean Watson had a career high and perfect 158.3 passer rating uh, versus the Falcons. uh, And he got out of the game as many passing touchdowns as he did in completions. Five. (laughs) Crikey. That's a day at the office. Um, The Jets have had more defensive special teams touchdowns than offensive touchdowns in 2019. Oh, stop it. No, they haven't. No, they have three defensive slash special team touchdowns versus two offensive touchdowns. Oh, Adam Gase, you are not a head coach. <laughs> um, Patrick Mahomes reached 7,000 passing yards in only his 22nd career game. He's the fastest player um, to that milestone in the Super Bowl era. The next fastest was... Dan Marino. Kurt Warner, he got there in 25 games. Um, yes. Marlon Mack cracked 100 yards against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have now allowed three uh, running backs to score 100-plus rushing yards in 2019. They are tied with the Dolphins and the Cardinals, who have combined 1-7-1 and one this season for most 100-yard rushes allowed through five weeks of the season. Run on the Chiefs. Start those fancy running backs against the Chiefs. Um... And last fun fact about Monday Night Football. So the 49ers are now the winningest team in Monday Night Football history. Their 31-3 win over the Browns gave them a very fitting 49th Monday Night Football win. You just can't write that kind of stuff. Well, I did. Thanks. (laughs) I doth my my cap to you as you drop the proverbial mic that is a pen. Wallop. Murph, you're going Sunday. Yes. But you got a special little seat in the presser box. Yeah, so some uh, good friends of ours set me up with uh, press access. So I'm going to Buccaneers uh, training on Friday, or practice, not training. And then, yes, be in the press box on Sunday. So hopefully get to talk to some people we've had on the pod. Talk to some people who we've listened to for a lot of years and hope to get them on the pod. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the network, and then, and then there's obviously the... The great experience to to sit in seats and um, to write about the game and talk about the game. So uh, very much looking forward to it. Um, 
we'll hope to share some of the bits and pieces with you all uh from that um but yeah it's gonna be a great experience i'm really looking forward to it so yeah and unfortunately we won't be sitting together but ah, look listen there's plenty more games in the sea uh, that's not even a term but you know what i'm talking about rush nation i will also be there on sunday with my good wife oh shout out to my wife now emma i know you don't listen and i was about to say you give zero about the nfl but i turned up at home today and she said to me I've watched a few videos on YouTube about beginner's basics for NFL, so I have a bit more of an understanding when we go next week. So kudos to you, my love, because I thought you did not care one iota, and it turns out maybe the tide is turning. Yes. So we might have Red Zone on the telly next, uh, not next Sunday, but in a couple of weeks' time, so I can point out the intricities, that's not a word either, of the NFL. Yeah, and also you'll be sitting next to my colleague Kyle, who should be listening. I'm going to test him to see if he's listening. Um, who is going to come and join you on Sunday. I've got a good test for Kyle. Yeah. I'll now let Kyle know on the podcast what my favourite colour is. And then I'll ask him on Sunday to see if he listened. I love that. Kyle, so my favourite colour is yellow. And that's because I'm colourblind. And it's the only true colour I can see. Fun fact of the day. Ah. Um, so Kyle, if you are listening, which I hope you are. Look forward to meeting you on Sunday. And my favourite colour is yellow. Brilliant. Don't tweet him, Rush Nation. Do not let him know and ruin the surprise. I don't even know what his Twitter handle is. Oh, well, there you go. Kyle, the un-Twitter-handled man. I'll I'm sure he you. has Twitter. I just I don't know what it is. So, yeah, if you are there on Sunday, give us a shout. Let us know you're there. Yes, um, and we will try and do something before, after, during, whatever. We'll find then, out. Yeah, there's Wembley as well, so we'll sort something out. Rush Nation, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out the articles. Our weekly rankings will be live Wednesday afternoon. That's, it's a whole lot of fun and I'm enjoying fantasy football shout out to you Josh good game this week mate glad I pipped you in the in our home dynasty league it was a real close one I probably shouldn't have done but that's what winning teams do mate they win so while we're doing shout outs shout out to McInnes for losing by nearly 30 points this week to lose his zero in his loss column and that became a one to me because well I'm a bad winner um, <laughs> yes you are so to the Epsom home league you know Let's be honest. I'm five and zero. Who else five and zero? No one else. That's, that's all. I've got to say. Stop it, Murph. Stop it. You're, I just, not... I just really want to win that league because I've had to overcome some massive adversity. I had the year where I lost my entire squad to injury. That's absolutely no exaggeration. The only players I didn't lose to injury were Tom Brady, who I had to trade for Ben Roethlisberger and Jordan Howard. And I th- even my kicker got injured that year. I lost my kicker. I lost David Johnson in like the first game of the season. Um, I've lost the stat corrections every year. I didn't lose to the stat correction this week because the stat correction gods were on my side. About time, eh? Yeah, well, I was due, let's be honest. Um, I thought by coming on here and being all down about it, I'd end up with a, with a dub. Um, shout out to the NFL officials for trying to ruin the sport. Um, they should be fined. Um, who else shout out to all you wonderful people don't forget to check out the website for all our content we're dropping a lot of content at the moment with obituaries to Jay Gruden uh, uh, start sits tomorrow waiver wires uh, rookie watch uh, lockdown corners thank you wide receivers so do check that out check out the Monday night takeaway show it's definitely or takeover show that's uh, definitely uh, fast growing becoming uh, even better with every 
uh, every single show. So, yeah. Oh, and last shout out, just shout out to Just a Fantasy Football Junkie for the latest review on iTunes. Dropped this little five star, said the NFL should pick us up. So we appreciate that kind of love. If you do fancy leaving us a review, Rush Nation, we would really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at 5 Yard Rush. Murph, I will see you Thursday. Uh, yes, you will. You'll see me Thursday. So uh, until then, see you later. Thanks, man. I thought you were going to nick my line and we'd be walking out of here different, and it felt I, odd. Yeah, I, I, I thought about it. And I, I was like a deer in headlights then. I was thinking, good lord, please don't say it. Yeah, but the proper takeover, isn't it? That would be a problem. It's not a Monday. You pipe down over there. Rush Nation will be back Thursday. Hopefully, catch you at the game Sunday. But as always, until then, don't forget, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.